0: This is Matt McManus, and thank you for listening to the McMayhem podcast. Before we get into episode four, I just want to say that listening to this is free of charge, but there is a price. If something that you hear resonates with you, please share this podcast with one person. We're here every other week, giving you nuggets of valuable information, both useful and useless, silly, fun, ridiculous, and sometimes even heartfelt. If you go to my Instagram, which is Matty P. McManus, that's M-A-T-T-Y-P as in Peter McManus, you can click the link in my bio to get to this podcast, to get to my music, to get to my writing, and I have a new awesome thing. I want to be your pen pal. So just click the pen pal link in my bio on Instagram, and let's start talking to each other the way we used to, via the United States Postal Service. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Monday bitches, get ready, we hope you ate your Wheaties and took a big old poop, cause McMahon is about to start. I've been jogging to that song every day for the last month. It's a song from the 80s. I forget what movie it's from. I think it's from Men at Work. It's marvelous to me because I think about people who write songs and when they arrive at a chorus. And they're like, guys, I got the chorus. I got it. Oh, 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 oh. Gary, the drummer's like, I think, he, I think Steve's on to something. Let's roll with that. And it's a hit. And here we are starting the McMayhem Podcast episode. What episode are we on? Four. Four here with Sean F. up in the M&F in place. (laughs) It's me, Sean, my cat Oreo. Uh, It's been two It's been over two weeks since we actually recorded because I had a birthday. I turned 23 and I feel 41. (laughs) Actually, I turned 41, which is crazy. I was journaling this morning, and I wrote that I'm 41 now, which is the opposite of 14, or it's just 14 in reverse. And I think on some level, I perpetually feel as if I am still 14. Like, I'm an adult. I'm a dad. I have a cat. I'm in a committed relationship. My refrigerator's got the essentials in it. I got an a, air fryer. I got an air fryer <laughs> and a bidet. We talked about air frying in the last episode, Sean. But my child's mother, my friend, one of my best friends, she gave, she gifted me a bidet. Like one of those things that you put on your toilet. How, to, how thoughtful. I mean, honestly, it's a game changer. It, it, it's, it goes beyond adulting. It's like, it's what we've been doing with toilet paper is archaic. I mean, I mean, I guess it isn't. But why haven't we just been raised to use these things? Because it just—I don't know. It's, it just seems like the, the cleanest way to do this stuff. You ever see the movie? Uh, I think it's called Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In that movie, which takes place in the future, there's in bathrooms they have this mech- These mechanisms called the three seashells. Which are, no one knows how to use them. The whole movie, they joke around about, you know, how do we use these th- seashells to get rid of our fecal matter? And I remember I, I tweeted during the first chapter of the pandemic when everyone was running out of toilet paper if there were ever a time for us to figure out how to use the three seashells, it would be right now. But the truth of the matter is, man, uh, Bidet is uh, the, the truth. And if you ever want to try it out, you can get one on the cheap from Target or from you know any any of the uh, the Amazon outlets. Regardless, um, how are you, man?
1: Yeah, things are going well. Things are nice. Uh, you know, moving along, keeping busy, and I went and saw a foreigner at the Greek Theater. For real? <laughs> yeah.
0: How was that?
1: You know, I knew that I knew them. I checked them out on Spotify. Saw their top five songs. I was like, "Oh, I know these." Sure. But throughout the concert, I I knew all the songs. Like these guys made the '80s,
0: basically. Yeah, like, they did. I didn't even realize. <sighs> question: Important question. Did you see men and women from the that were fans of these people in their heyday? They are dressed as if they were still back then. Like, did you see denim jackets, long hair? Did you like? Were there people that seemed as if they had never let go of it or people that were just trying to get fit back into their old jeans?
1: Uh, yeah, no, a little bit of both. The, the, the crowd was definitely like over 50, so, so there were a lot of just old-dressed people. But a lot of those people also still had that kind of hippie vibe to them as well. So it was it was really fun to see. And, and the lead singer, I think Kelly Hansen, that guy still got pipes, man. That guy blew my
0: mind. Uh, yeah. I took guitar lessons when I, in the 80s when the, that band was popular. And I had this teacher who was like, he was plucked right out of one of their music videos. And I learned the basics. I'm not a great guitar player. I can play bar chords. I know how to play Enter Sandman. I know how to play Nirvana songs, Green Day songs, etc. That's about it. And if I'm at a party and I've had a couple too many drinks, I could write a funny song and make people laugh. But my teacher back then, my instructor... It was more of like therapy. He would like, sh- he, like, my mom would drop me off and he would see that like my mom was angry at me or something like that. And he would say, hey man, is your mom giving you some shit? And I would say, what do you mean by some shit? He'd say, is she like getting on you, man? Is she making you angry? Is she not agreeing with you? And I was like, yeah. She's like, let's learn some bar chords. <laughs> I was like, all right, brother. I did. It was great. It was really great. But guitar really wasn't my thing. It wasn't because at around that time at some point I arrived at hip hop music and I was just became obsessed with that and my buddy started making beats and we were smoking joints in his backyard before his dad got home from work and trying to write rap music. I was in a rap group called um, Rooster Yogurt was the name of our was the name of our rap group and we performed at all the talent shows. It was pretty cool actually. It really it Did you did you come up with that or how do you remember how? It was it was rooster yogurt at first. I don't know how I came up with that. I thought it was just a funny coupling of words to be honest with you. All right. Agreed. And then <laughs> We came into Field of Force was the the second iteration of our our rap group when we got a little bit more serious, when I got a little bit more proficient. He lived across the street from me. I literally, when I moved to my new town at 7, my mom came home from a yard sale, and she's like, I met a girl, a woman down the street who has a son that's exactly your age, and you you should just knock on his door and ask him to be your friend, and I did, and we were. We became like friends, like best friends. We still are very close to this day, not as close because, you know, He lives on the other side of the country. But his favorite band was Nine Inch Nails, is Nine Inch Nails. And now he is currently the front of house sound manager for Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead and and Sigur Like this guy, his dream, like he made his dreams come true. Like he was just doing little tiny things on Long Island. He had his own music studio where we would also, you know, um, make music. I actually made a song with a pretty cool underground rapper by the name of Sky Zoo, who is known as like, you know, one of the best rappers from NYC and I didn't know it at the time because he was new, but it, that song is somewhere out there in the ether. But my buddy and I just started making rap music when we were very young and I'm still doing it, you know, at, at 41, I'm still making rap music. If you haven't listened to any of my music, just go on Spotify or Apple Music and type my last name in, which is McManus, and I have an EP by the name of Problem Child, which is kind of an autobiographical story. Get into it, and it was made to help kids kind of get through some hardships about growing up, dealing with identity, purpose, parents, substance abuse, all that stuff. And But my second project, Classical Music, which is a full-length album, is a straight-up comedy album. Each song is a movie which tells a story. I have a song called Yoga Pants about how much I love yoga pants. I have a song called Dad Shit, which is about being on your dad shit, about having your son bring you the remote, making smoked ribs in the backyard, and knocking back a couple of brewskis with the bros. And then, and that's like a West Coast banger. Each song is a different genre of hip-hop. And then I have a song called um, "Banging Other Dudes, which is about my future wife that I haven't met yet somewhere out there in the world. And she's probably pretty, which most likely means she's in a relationship or at least she's having fun with her life. So the reality is if there is someone out there that is potentially going to be my wife that... She's out there banging other dudes and I can't do anything about it. And I'm not saying that's wrong because we all need life experience, right? I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I can't, you know, I can't change that. So I wrote that many moons ago and turned it into a song with my mate. And then I have a song uh, called Lessons slash Phone Keys and Cash about having your phone, your cell phone, and your wallet in your pocket when you leave the house. So that's just basically it. And th- there's more on the album. Like I said, each song is a movie. So I'm not just podcasting. I am making hip hop music regularly. If you, it, The album's ridiculous. And it's completely mi- mixed and mastered by a genius. And just get down with it if you haven't gotten down with it yet. Just a little bit more awareness. This new thing I want to try called Out of Touch, where I call someone I know that is a teenager and ask them questions about being a teenager right now. Asia. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for doing this with me. And I know that it's completely random, but I just wanted... (laughs) (laughs) But I have my own podcast now, and one of the bits that I've come up with where I call teenagers and ask them questions about being teenagers today. Is that something you're cool with? Yeah, it sounds awesome. And uh, for all of the people listening right now, the young lady that you're hearing is actually the voice on the intro song to this podcast because she recorded it when she was like six years old. So she's now how old? 17? Yeah,
2: I just turned 17. Oh my God. I didn't know you were still using that song. You said that you know that this is random. I feel like everything that involves you is incredibly random. So I was kind of expecting something odd.
0: (laughs) Well, here we are. You just finished working out?
2: Yeah, weightlifting. Our first um, meet is on Wednesday, and I want to get a varsity spot.
0: (laughs) Okay, so why don't I ask you about that? What's it like getting a varsity spot right now in 2021?
2: I'm, like, a super feminist, and when I think about weightlifting, I just like to, um, I kind of relate it to feminism, and I, I'm, it's not that I'm trying to prove myself to anyone, but at the same time, girls are just as good as boys, like, the whole equality thing, so... I don't know. When I, I What I aspire to do in weightlifting is just be my best self, and it gives me something to do when I'm like kind of out of it, so that's why I really like it, and that varsity spot is so mine, and there's this girl in my weight class, and her name is Valentina, and I'm so going to kick her butt, but we're also from the same school, so I want her to have the other one, but I'm still going to kick her butt.
0: Well, it's good to know you're going to kick her butt. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question about words and vernacular. When I was in high school, if something was quote unquote cool, we would say, yo, that's dope or that's sweet. Are there words right now that are those words in 2021 that represent quote unquote cool? So
2: if something is cool, we usually say it slaps or it goes hard. Like, dang, that song slaps. They're like, wow, her outfit goes hard.
0: Okay, all right. Now, when I was in high school, there were obviously different tables of people that sat in the cafeteria. So, like, there were the quote-unquote jocks that sat at one table, the quote-unquote freaks that sat at one table, the quote-unquote nerds that sat at one table. Now, I didn't really like any of this, and I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. But does that cafeteria mindset where the different kinds of kids sit at different tables? Is that still a thing or, or, or are the lines blurrier now?
2: I would like to say that the lines are blurrier, but now um I feel like since I live in Florida, there is a very large Hispanic population. And for me, it's more just the Hispanic kids and then the white kids the groups that I often find myself going to or think would call myself a part of if we were to, like, group them off, I would say are the gay kids and then the gamers.
0: Wow, okay, interesting. Now, what are kids these days snacking on?
2: Wow, that is such an odd question. So, because of weightlifting, I tend to, like, I try not to snack too much. So I can't really give you a genuine answer to that one.
0: What would you say most kids are listening to?
2: Okay, so I, like you had said before, march to the beat of my own drum, so I'm always, like, listening to super weird music that no one knows about, because that's just the kind of kid I am. But if we're talking about, like, the general teenage population, rap music, rap music, rap music. I cannot stress that enough. Specifically, trap music, And, um, like if you're a part of the Hispanic population, then it's, um, reggaeton. Mm -hmm. So like the rap music of the
0: Spanish. (laughs) Are we we're talking bad bunny here and and Maluma? Yes. Yes. yes, Bad
2: bunny. I, okay. So I cannot get behind trap music, but I can definitely get behind reggaeton and I, I don't know why I, I can't explain it.
0: Well, that that trap music, the lineage of that, you and I could talk for hours about because it quote unquote trap music started as like a, as basically music to not glorify, but bring an awareness to some of the things going on uh, in different neighborhoods in regards to selling drugs and disparities, so on and so forth. And then it kind of morphed into like an EDM version called trap music. And then it kind of reverted back to hip hop in some way. And it's kind of what they call or what I think is called wavy, where the music has melodies that sound like waves that are kind of hard to get behind for me. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that, actually. Thank you. Um, So I'm not (laughs) as out of touch as I thought. What are some hairstyles that that are popular right now?
2: Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. So for boys, I guess it, I like, it's kind of like a middle part. We call it the e-boy because of TikTok. A lot of boys have become super popular for being emo. So what they do is they grow out their hair to about like their earlobe or lower and they part it down the middle, but it never passes their chin. That's the boys' hairstyle. That's, like, what's in. If you're an e-boy, you're super hot. Now, for girls, it's curtain bangs. Curtain bangs and your hair parted down the middle. I feel like short hair, no. Long hair is in right now with curls. Like, nice curls.
0: Are people bleaching their hair?
2: Mmm. Okay, so in my area, yes, because they just changed the dress codes that you can have dyed hair, and I was like losing my mind, because I dyed two inches of the bottom of my hair red, and I got dress coded the same day. It was like, really, guys? Okay. And then the next year, it's okay. But yes, people are dying their hair, and curls, curtain bangs, and
0: e-boy haircuts are in. (laughs) Now, this is a uh, weird question. But I just want to know because when I was in high school, I felt like no one went number two in school. They waited till they went home. Do people go number two in high school?
2: That is an excellent question. And um, the people that have no remorse or moral boundary <laughs> people do. Yeah, they do. For me, mm,
0: You don't have to answer that. I weird thing to, yeah. When
2: I poop where I kind of like squat. So I can't really do that at school.
0: Okay, well, those are all the questions I have for you today. Thank you for joining <laughs> us on the McMahem Podcast. Yes. Thank you to Asia for being a very special guest. You know what else is special, though? The specials at restaurants, and they really get me going. So listen to this phone call. Do you have a question about the menu? I just want to know if there's anchovies or sardines in No, this. we don't carry anchovies in the store. Thank you so much. Now, can I please hear the specials?
2: Yeah, uh we have um six ounces New York steak. Oh we have a five ounces New York. We have uh pasta primavera. Slow down, slow and down, slow check.
0: down. Sure. Okay. Yes, keep going.
2: And uh let me check just uh we have another specialist, three S- empanadas. Slower, slower,
0: style, eh? slower, just a little slower. Sure. Go.
2: chicken sandwich.
0: Does that come with fries?
2: Yeah, they do come with
0: fries. Do you have blue cheese uh, salad dressing? No. Do you have desserts? Yeah, we do. Uh, Give me those desserts, please.
2: Yeah, we have uh, flan. (laughs) Uh, Pancake with dulce de leche. Woo! We have a crepe with banana Yeah. and chocolate mousse cake or cheesecake.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, Are you having a good Monday? Amazing. I want you to have the best Monday ever. I want you to thank you for your time, patience, and respect. And I will see you soon for a salad, for a sandwich, and for a dessert. Have a wonderful Monday. I love you, man. You too. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, those are the specials i want to tell you a story about craft services i usually some part of the podcast has something to do with hollywood because we are in hollywood we are in center of of the business here but the reality is i only really want to be in this business for one reason and one reason only and that is the food craft services so I, I became obsessed with the tents that have the food under them on film sets when I lived in New York City. You know, there were film shoots in the street all the time, everywhere. And in New York, most things are accessible. Like, you, the sidewalk needs to be accessible to the public. So if there's a film shoot going on, it usually takes place in the street, and they partition things off. But I used to, on my days off, kind of just wander around the city. And I've done awesome things when I did that, because the city's... Actually, not as big as you would think that it is, but it's dense. There's a lot going on. And every other street, something beautiful is happening or, or some new experience if you keep your eyes open. So I would look for the blue tents, which was a sign that things were filming. This was before I ever booked a commercial, before anything I'd ever done like on mass media. And one time I saw the blue tents at the bottom of the street. And I, I asked the guys, I was like, what, what, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're shooting a L'Oreal commercial with Queen Latifah. And I said, great. And I i, I snuck into the, the food tent and there was a pie. I think it was like a cherry pie that said, don't touch for Queen Latifah. I had a slice of that pie. I am sorry, Queen Latifah. I respect your rap music from day one, the way you've been able to transition into an acting and producing career, etc., etc. What you've done for. The culture is amazing. So I just want to give you props, but I'm sorry I had your pie. My bad. If you're in L.A. at any point in time, hit me up on Instagram. I will go with you to the House of Pies in Los Feliz and get you any pie that you want. And obviously, I'd love to pick your brain and have you on my podcast because you're also a prolific New Yorker that is doing wonderful things still. Sorry about that. One time I was invited onto the Paramount lot. You know, many, many moons later, just walking around after a meeting and they were shooting some Disney show on like a grassy area there. And I was like, I'm just going to go check it out, see what's filming, et cetera, see if they have Doritos. And I snuck into the food tent. They had sandwiches. They had Doritos. They had Diet Coke, which is a staple. At least for me, when I'm on set, if I, have a, I need Diet Coke, I'm not trying to sound like a priss. It's just I don't have Diet Coke that frequently, and so I use it as kind of my cheat or my reward for when I'm on set, whether it's because I booked something or because I'm sneaking on that set. I went to the table. I got myself a sandwich, like a club sandwich. I got myself a bag of Doritos, and I got myself a Diet Coke. I earned it. I exist. I was on the lot. If you're on that lot, you deserve Diet Coke. You made it that far. Even if your pilot or your movie doesn't get greenlit, your Diet Coke gets greenlit. Go get yourself a Diet Coke. So anyway, I got the Diet Coke, and this guy in a headset and a walkie-talkie walks up to me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, having a sandwich. And he said, are you working here? And I said, no. And I guess there was some kid, some PA that was in charge of making sure someone like me didn't break through you know, the membrane of, of the set. He waved that kid over and he looks at the kid and he's like, "Do you see this? And he points at my hand and I'm eating, I'm not wearing a badge. That means that I belong there. So obviously to this kid, he knew he messed up and he pointed at me. He's like, this guy's a loser. And he said that about me. He's like, look out for these losers. And I'm like, yeah, well, this loser is going to get a free diet Coke, eat this sandwich and love your Doritos. You have a great day. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I guess you could call it theft. But at the same time, I was celebrating the fact that I was on a movie lot and there was food. If my parents took me to a party of any kind from age one until whenever, I wasn't really socializing, bro. I was standing adjacent to the snack table. If there was something salty that I could dip in anything, anything, onion dip, ranch dip the layered nacho dip, buffalo dip. I think if I have another child, I actually should have named my cat Dip because I love dips. Like I went to a restaurant last night and got wings. It was a nice restaurant. I got wings I wanted to dip. I got a dip. But yeah, I, I think that that just gives you some insight or perspective into how I see things and how I exist. You know, I really do think that when I leave the house, like, okay, we're, where's where's the thing? Where's craft services? And And I kind of, Think that craft services is everywhere. You know, you can go to Trader Joe's and point at anything anywhere and ask them to open it so you can try it. No. Yeah. It's like standard. I was thinking about I was watching Saturday Night Live. And I noticed that the writers are so young looking to me. And when I think of Saturday Night Live, when I think of that, it just I think older comedians because I was watching it as a younger man. And I had a moment of doubt where I'm like, man. That's still a goal of mine. Like That will happen at some point. Either I'll be a guest on that show, I will be in a sketch on that show, I will be a writer on that show, or I will be a staff member of some kind. Who cares? Maybe I'll be the janitor. uh, uh, Just to get inside and spend a day there would be enough. But I I think I I want more. I deserve more. I'm unique. But I was watching it, and I I had a thing where I'm like, yo, did I miss that boat? I've submitted writer's packets. Uh, I've auditioned for... Things that are adjacent to Saturday Night Live in the hopes of getting in there former pr- former cast members have production companies now that i 've been somewhat involved with I, you know there 's a, a lineage there or there's a there's some connective tissue between me and that possibility and i 'm acknowledging that I wrote it down right there on my dry erase board because forever it used to be on there and I took it off because I was focused on other stuff but i 'm back in the ring and I want to fight, but what i 'm saying is. I had this moment of doubt where I'm like, is that that opportunity gone? Because I'm I'm so much older than how young these guys and girls look. Is my humor still funny? Has my generation's humor done its thing? Is it too late for me to be pertinent? These are all thoughts you have, or I have at least. And then I had this realization that no one has had the thoughts that you're thinking. Even if you're having a somewhat unoriginal thought, like if it's attached to someone else's thought. The way you're thinking that thought is completely original. So feeling irrelevant or feeling like you haven't left your mark or feeling like there's still more to do or that you might be dated in some way, shape, or form, man, that's some stuff you should not think. Because at the end of the day, the thoughts that you as Matt or Sean or, or Stephanie or Stacy, or Gary, or Sophia, whoever you are, they are original to you. No one else is going to have that thought. They might think the same words in the same sentence, in the same phrase, in the same kind of paragraph, but the way that you are thinking it, the way that it sounds to you, the way that you hear words, that is unique to you. Anyone out there that's struggling with any kind of self-doubt in, in relation to feeling relevant, you're only as relevant as you make yourself to be. The rapper Russ has a, song, uh, a line in a song recently that goes, you don't got to fuck with me, I fuck with me. That's it. I mean, that's it. And there's another line in that song. I've been talking to myself to get expert advice. <laughs> like, who writes that? <laughs> I've been talking to myself to get expert advice. He wrote those words down on paper. He wrote those words. I've been talking to myself to get expert advice. Profound, real. So talk to yourself. Get expert advice. Seek the help of others. If you need some information you don't have, but at the end of the day, you're as relevant as you make yourself out to be. I'm a piece of magic floating around that still want want to attach glue to my feathers and and sparkles to fall on it. And then I arrive and just shake that dust off on every doorstep in America. When I'm in a plane, when I'm looking down at America and I see houses with lights and I see lives and I see county lines and I see – existence, I think to myself, I can't wait for all of them to know that I'm here. And that is not me being narcissistic. That isn't me thinking that I'm some kind of God. That's me thinking that I have some stuff that I can't wait for you to see. I I want you to feel the way that I feel when I wake up on a Monday optimistically. And I know I sound like my thoughts are linebackers running into one another and the one is the one tackling the next one is larger than the other but that's how my brain works and i've been so organized i erased this dry erase board that's and it was full of things that needed to get crossed off i did uncomfortable things that i needed to do i got on the other side of my fears in the last 2 weeks like we didn't record last week i was a little disappointed in myself but I think it needed to happen. I think it needed to happen because I'm back. I'm back. Like the first couple episodes, I, I dropped some gems. Like there's some real gems, especially in that last one towards the tail end. You've got to get into that. It's special. But I'm, I'm, I'm back. Like if you had any doubts about any of it, where did he go? Why does he have short hair? Is his double chin coming back? Does he still love himself? Did he shave his armpits last week? I did all those things. That's it.
1: That was the the big question I had was, did he shave his armpits? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I buzzed my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my face, my butt, my beard trimmer broke, and so sort did of my like my like, it's, it was dated. My my and <laughs> unlike my myself, but I and I went to Ross and I got a. I got one, so I shaved my beard. And I'm like, you know what? It's time these armpit hairs go. I'd never done it before. People have told me that I did. I remember watching Zach Morris in Save by the Bells Beach uh, season in the summer, which, by the way, is one of the best seasons of television to date. Zach Morris had hair in his armpits. And I'm like, holy cow, he's got trees under his arms. And it freaked me out. But I think on some subconscious level, I always wanted that. And so I've been having Zach Morris armpit hair for all these years. And I said goodbye to that yesterday, pal. I took that armpit hair and flushed it. It reminds me
1: of, uh, I think, Danny McBride in Hot Rod. when he's like, it makes me aerodynamic when I fight.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, That's a guy, too, that's funny as hell. What was that, like, karate movie he made? It was like his first thing. It was a real independent movie. It was called like the Fist Foot Way or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys with just a delivery
1: that's like whatever he says is funny.
0: He's very comfortable with his voice, not just like actual how actually how it sounds, but his just the words he's saying are just intrinsic to who he is and very authentic. I I bartended a party years ago for a bunch of celebrities and there was, everyone was there and he was just standing at the bar talking and I, I couldn't help but giggle just looking at him. And there are people like that you just look at and giggle or you look at and you're like, there's a glow about them. I've seen, I've seen them all at this point and I think I'm desensitized to it every once in a while I'll I'll get starstruck and that's fun because then that's like a real reminder. Oh, I'm still here. I saw Tom Hanks once definitely got starstruck. I saw Madonna dancing with her daughter once. That was cool. Puff Daddy yelled at me once because I didn't have Patron Tequila. <laughs> if I really sit down and write about it and like put names down, I'm, I'll, I'll, I will have some really interesting stories. But that's not what all this podcast is about. It's not all Hollywood. But I have been in Hollywood for 10 years. I was in New York City for 10 years. I was a part of what Brooklyn was and then kind of ended. I saw hipsters come and go. Thanks. That was, I'm glad that's done. And not like they were the worst people ever or that was the worst subculture ever. It just was lazy looking and it led people to believe that you could understand counterculture if you got the right shirt. And mustache. And hair and like unkempt look. And I think that also that's like hypocritical of me. Because in, in former episodes, I'm like, try everything out. Try different things. Be different versions of yourself, etc., until you arrive at who you are. But there was something really not all that genuine with it to me. I'm going to talk about a weird thing I did last week. Just a fun fact about me. A little thing that I did. I'm like, wow, if anyone else knew that I did this or or realized the thought process behind how or why i did this they would probably think i was quite weird but i've had in my freezer an ice pack that i made five years ago with just random ice that i smashed up when my son hurt his knee and it's in a plastic bag and when he's done with it it had kind of conformed to the shape of whatever it was like trying to heal and i would put it back in the freezer and when i moved from my last apartment six months ago i kept it i was like i'm gonna keep this ice I'm going to bring this ice with me to the next place. I hold on to things. I, I just do. I'm not a hoarder, but that was, uh, that's weird. I know that I did that. But it, it gets weirder. I've been doing a lot of healing lately. I've been doing a lot of introspection. I've been doing a lot of writing. I've been doing a lot of thought on my existence. And I opened my freezer, and I was out of ice cubes. And then I look in the back, and I see the ice pack in the plastic bag. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drink my pain. Like I, take, like I take the ice cube out. I put it. It's huge. And like kind of oddly shaped. And I put it in a big mug and I put water on top of it. I let it dilute. Him, and I, I literally said to myself, all the pain I've experienced, everything I've been through, I'm going to drink this and evaporate it and, and put it back out into the world or just get re- or flush it rather at some point. I walk around and make symbolism everywhere as if there is someone narrating or I'm narrating.
1: All that matters is your intention, you know. It's um, the, the girl that I'm dating. Everything she does, she thinks about her intention. Everything she takes into her body, every meal, every drink, she's always bless, blessing it, setting intentions. So
0: yeah, it's, I, it's cathartic. It is cathartic. And, you know, I sat up this morning, and I wrote some intentions down. I said I'm going to have a blessed week. Seeds that I've planted over the last however many years that are growing in rooms I don't have access or visibility to will be harvested this week. I wrote those words down, and I mean that. I feel that. I understand that. And you know, you put it out there, you get it back. And it might not come to you in the shape that you put it out there in, but it comes. It does. It really, it does. think about when you're having the greatest day ever, like when everything's going your way, you're like, man, at some point you're thinking to yourself, I should feel this way all the time. I can make myself re-feel this way. If I can just make myself feel this way based on the fact that my week is going well, I should be able to store how I feel and just execute it when I need it again, even when it's hard to feel that way, Sean. But it doesn't work that way, but I think it could. And that's all about mindfulness, literally just having power over your thoughts, having power over your thoughts is way cooler than actually being able to control the dreams you're having while you're sleeping. Cause you, you're brought up to think that, Oh man, if you can control your dreams, that could, that's probably pretty fun. And I think I've done it a couple of times and it is fun. Controlling your thoughts is really cool and it's hard, but worth it. And there's plenty of po- like podcasts out there and applications that you can use. There's, a, there's one called 10% happier that my therapist recommended. And it really does make me 10% happier and it's categorizing your thoughts, just into useful or not useful, and putting the unuseful thoughts somewhere else, or getting rid of them all And that's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Especially as someone who's been trained to think a certain way his whole life.
1: Do you, like, argue with yourself in your head when you have, like, a negative thought? You're like,
0: no, and you kind of get,
1: like, like if somebody cuts you off and you get mad, then you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. You're like, oh, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or they weren't paying attention or... Like, I do it too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I argue with myself all the time. <laughs> I think oh. that's a
1: good practice because then you're not
0: identifying with these thoughts as much. I've actually had conversations, like written conversations with myself as if I were split in half. I write it like a script, like where I'm just going back and forth. And that's, that's some next level stuff. I've done it maybe two or three times. And that at the end of it, I thought I should do this more frequently. But I think you kind of have to really be in the right mind space. To, to do that. But yeah, I certainly argue with myself. I really do. Mondays, man, if you get off to the right start on a Monday, I think you're sitting pretty. I think you're sitting real pretty. And so I put my intentions out there this morning, too, just like your girlfriend. What did I write? I wrote Monday morning. I have a cat sitting on a balcony, a girlfriend sleeping peacefully. It's raining in Los Angeles. There's a pumpkin on my table as my son's favorite holiday approaches. And I'm 41, the opposite of 14, or the reverse of 14, whatever. I'm in my 40s now. The next sentence should be, or usually would be, and I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. But for the sake of sanity, I'll just say I'm smiling right now. What I'm, getting, what I'm going to do this week is connect to myself, my family, my cat, my love, to strangers, and my art. Together, we will ride the train into next week, month, year, chapter. As selfish as it sounds, it does start with me. So Matt, read that paragraph again. I'm not going to read it again. (laughs) But I wrote it down. Family, cat, love, strangers, and art. And so this will be my week. Those are all areas in which I should focus on and take pleasure in. I wrote down another piece of advice but it's it's not it's not all that PG-13 it's pretty R-rated. But it, it, <laughs> it, it, it when you're let's just say hypothetically pleasing yourself get right to the thing that works. Like don't you have way too much stuff to do. So if you need to go down that road which is completely normal and real, you're you're not going to grow hair on the palms of your hands, you're not going to go to hell, but it's if you if you need to do that don't waste any more of your own time get right to the thing that works for you because you're going to feel better about the fact that you're wasted less time and got it accomplished that's just some operational adult advice for everyone out there that masturbates
1: <laughs> it's true it clears your head man
0: oh man it's so
1: distracting
0: it is so distracting <laughs> man it really is. And, you know, life's hard and so are penises. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? If you, need, if you need to get it done, I understand. I applaud you for admitting it. You know, if you're listening to this right now, as you're listening to me, repeat after me. When I get to business on my situation, I'm just going to hit fast forward because you deserve a better day. That's it.
1: Uh, It's important. That's all I'm saying
0: That, that that's the R rated portion of this podcast. Yes, I've cursed, but that's not necessarily R rated. That's the that's the X rated part of this podcast. Which, you know, it very well could go go into again. You know, I'm I'm gonna open the the floodgates, so to speak. I came prepared with a question today. Go for it.
1: If uh, if you could sum up the 90s to somebody in like three to five albums, what, what would you show them?
0: Nevermind. Absolutely. Top of mind. Dookie. Ooh. Life After Death. Which is... The, the Notorious B.I.G.'s first album. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, ready to Die? Uh, ready to Die. That's, that's also on my list. <laughs> yeah. Ready to, ready wow. to Die. Wow. Yeah, um, and also Life After Death. Maybe I meant Life After Death. I do love that double album. Um, okay, so that's one, two, three, four, and then five. <sighs> okay, Computer. Oh, yeah, of course. But you know what? That, that is Radiohead's like, most critically acclaimed album. Uh, my favorite of theirs is The Bends, which is like their first, I believe it's their first album, and it's way more poppy, and I don't want to say melodic because they still have great melodies, but I would say it was it, the melodies are very approachable. Mm-hmm. The songs are rock and roll songs. After that, Radiohead made, you know, experimental electronic music, but it wasn't really rock music. Sure, they used guitars and stuff, but it was their last rock album, quote unquote, was really The Bends. And Kid A, a lot of people love Kid A too. Oh, you know what? I missed one album. Yeah, oh, you said it's, five. It's
1: hard to narrow it down. Yeah,
0: well, there's one more that's like imperative too. I mean, if we, if we could throw a sixth in there, it would be the Weezer Blue album. Okay.
1: I would also have um, Siamese Dream by, the, by, by Smashing Pumpkins and Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill.
0: Oh, you know what? I would say Jagged Little Pill over the Blue Album. I love, like the Blue Album more, but for the sake of painting the right picture, I would say the Jagged Little Pill must be on that that list. There's a Broadway show of that of that album now, apparently. Oh wow! Oh man, yeah. Think about what she was doing.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, she was yeah. Also, what's the what's the album uh, the No Doubt album that's got I'm Just a Girl on it? That'd be a good one.
0: I think it's called Tragic Kingdom? Mm. It's definitely called Tragic Kingdom.
1: Yeah, it's hard, but nevermind was at the top of my list as well.
0: I would say yeah, grunge was the, the lo- grunge and hip hop, but moreover grunge was the when you think when you say the 90s, you think plaid shirts, long hair and Seattle. <laughs> right? Yep. So that's that's basically it. We've been going for almost an hour here. We did actually cover a lot of ground. I did, have a, I did have a lot came on prepared. my... I came prepared. Stay tuned for next week's McMayhem, where I shave my head live on the podcast and super glue the hair to the bottoms of my feet and listen to music from 1943. This is Matt McManus, and this is the McMayhem podcast. We'll see you next week.